0: hey everyone welcome to the horror geek podcast i'm your host melissa ann and with me is my co-host
1: justin corbett
0: for those of you who don't know, I'm the owner and editor-in-chief of HorrorGeekLife.com, where a site that covers all things horror geek and gaming.
1: And I am a writer at HorrorGeekLife.com, as well as
0: a contributing editor. Okay, so let's jump right into some news and a review that we covered this week on horror geek Life. So first up, we kind of wrote this news piece as just kind of a fun article, and a lot of people seem to respond to it. Apparently... Billy Corrigan, lead singer of the Smashing Pumpkins, went on to the Howard Stern Show and talked about his experience of seeing someone transform into something other than a human right before his eyes. Justin, did you get a chance to read about
1: this? Yeah, I read about it. I mean, he's a world-renowned rock star. How well can we trust his uh, perception on things like
0: this? (laughs) Well, he did say that he was completely sober. And apparently he was standing there, he turned around, and he saw that there was something else that was not human standing there. Um, he said that the thing, the person, whatever, acknowledged the transformation, but he really didn't want to go into other details other than that. So I guess it's a shapeshifter uh, he's trying to say that he dealt with. But again, he did say that he was completely sober. So Yeah, I mean, I don't want to call him a liar. But But, (laughs) he said that it was, quote, up there with one of the most intense things I have ever been through. I would have to imagine that if you actually saw something similar to a shapeshifter, it would probably be the most intense thing you've ever been through. But it sounds like he's had some experiences. So the Howard Stern interview came from an interview that he did on the Alex Jones show, which, of course, doesn't get all a lot of merit but yeah so people are having a lot of fun with this article on our social media pages and um the comments have actually been way better than the story (laughs) (laughs) i can imagine thank you everybody for entertaining all of us uh, for the last couple of days because the comments have been gold (laughs) so billy corgan if you really saw something um sorry we don't believe you (laughs) next time take a picture everybody's got a
1: camera phone these days like all you have to do is pull it out and take one and you know at least that's something (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, before and after, maybe, Mm -hmm. of your shapeshifter. (laughs) Okay, so moving on. um, The Babysitter is now on Netflix. I have not had a chance to watch The Babysitter. Justin, I know you have. So we'll get to some of your thoughts here in just a second. Our reviewer gave it four out of five stars. Uh, He said it's not groundbreaking, it's not exactly great, but it's entertaining and has lots of blood. So what did you think? I think
1: that's a pretty fair assessment. The movie starts out really fun and lighthearted, and then it takes a really sharp turn, like one of the sharpest turns I've ever seen into like a horror movie. And uh, it's full of blood. It's full of great deaths. It's kind of like Home Alone meets horror. You <laughs> It's like a horror version of Home Alone is what it feels like. And it's super fun. There's a lot of great jokes. There's a lot of great one-liners. Like I said, the deaths are, are really a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I think it's definitely one of the better horror offerings on Netflix right now. And people should definitely check it out. I'd give it a four out of five as well.
0: Okay, so the synopsis, I'll admit I'm not really familiar with the synopsis. I haven't seen the trailer. But apparently it's about a kid who has a babysitter, and they're trying to sacrifice him. Is that?
1: Uh, Okay, so it's about a kid who is way too old to have a babysitter, but he still has a babysitter. (laughs) And the babysitter that he has is this extremely hot girl, and all of his friends are super jealous. And he's kind of bullied and stuff, but she protects him from the bullies. And you know she's not only his friend and mentor, but also his babysitter. And then the night that his parents go away and she's watching him, he wakes up and he wants to see what's going on because he's been told by some of his friends that babysitters sometimes bring their boyfriends over and have sex or might have an <laughs> orgy going on or something. So she, so he gets out of bed to go and see what's going on. And sure enough, they're downstairs, they're playing spin the bottle. There's like six or seven people there with her. And, uh, he's watching and watching and watching. And then out of nowhere, one of the people dies and it's really unexpected and really brutal. And, uh, the movie turns into a horror movie from that point forward because they realize that he's aware of what, what he saw. So they start trying to kill him. But basically, they intend to use the the kid's blood to gain immortality in a weird way. So hmm. that's kind of what it's about.
0: Very cool. Well, I actually think that I will have some time this weekend to finally check out some movies that I've been putting off. And so I'm excited to see it, especially since both you and uh, the reviewer, Kurt, also um, recommends that. So It's a lot of fun. You'll like it. Okay, so moving on to gaming news. Dead by Daylight is a game that we have covered plenty of times. It's an online multiplayer game. It's pretty much similar to Friday the 13th game, if if you've played that. And in Dead by Daylight, what's really cool is that they have Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They have Michael Myers from Halloween. And it appears that we're finally going to get... And it appears that we're going to get Freddy Krueger from Nightmare on Elm Street. So... It's already been talked about for a while because some people kind of went behind the scenes and did a little bit of data mining in the files. And they found something uh, that was related to Freddy Krueger in the files. And so it's already been rumored that he was coming. And now the devs behind Dead by Daylight confirmed with a little teaser that he is, in fact, coming. The teaser was Dead by Daylight, don't fall asleep. It was really quick and it just shows a rusted pipe and then all of a sudden slashes on the rusted pipe, you know, from Freddy's glove. So that's pretty cool. There's no confirmed date. There's no other information given, but we do know that he's coming and probably like the other killers where, you know, you, you get to play Leatherface or Michael Myers, but they're kind of just skins for the killers that you're already familiar with within the game. Um, you still have to hang them on the hook and and go through all the motions like that that you do So it's probably gonna be the same where it's going to be a skin of one of the other killers But still pretty cool with Michael Myers. Uh, we have Haddonfield map and It's we're kind of hoping that we're going to get an Elm Street with Freddy Krueger as well. That'd be awesome Very much, so um, I did play Dead by Daylight during the free weekend and I haven't picked it up yet I, I've been kind of waiting for Primarily just because I have a huge stack of games that I'm trying to get through, and I'm afraid that if I add one more, especially one that's multiplayer, um, I'll get sucked into it too much, (laughs) and I won't finish my other games. So I'm waiting on that, but maybe Freddy will entice me a little bit.
1: Yeah, I don't know. If they come out with a Chucky skin, I might get in there, but probably not otherwise.
0: (laughs) That would actually be hilarious because – have you played Dead by Daylight yet? No, I haven't. So in Dead by Daylight you have all these different maps, but I'll just give you a scenario of what just went through my head whenever <laughs> you said Chucky. Um, but it's pretty much where you just start out like in this big field, and Dead by Daylight is a lot deeper of a concept than I gave it credit for before I ever played it, because there is so much that goes into like the sacrificing and the rituals and things like that once you once you start playing. But whenever you just start out in a field, you kind of have like tall grass and and cornfield and things like that. And I just kind of picture this little doll <laughs> running around <laughs> this like high corn and <laughs> chasing after you. You'd have
1: advantages, yeah. that's for sure.
0: <laughs> you would maybe, but it it was a pretty fun game, like I said. And one day, I'm sure I'll pick it up. I just have to get through a few other hundred games first. <laughs> Fair enough. But, Um, Okay, so moving on to our main topic. This week, we are talking about zombies. And I just want to make a few notes before we head into our list here of 10 really awesome zombie films that we recommend. We are not going to talk about George Romero films. And the reason being is, first of all, his films would probably take up most of the 10 slots. (laughs) I think we can both agree. Yeah, that's very true. And then second of all, we're actually going to dedicate an entire episode in the near future to Romero uh, films alone. So we kind of wanted to give other films a chance for the spotlight since we have an episode coming up on Romero. Only fair, I thought. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so are you ready to to get this list started?
1: Yeah, let's dive right in.
0: Okay, so we're going to start with one of my favorite films with Nazis, and that is Dead Snow. Zombies, Nazis, World War II lore. It's a lot of fun. Have you seen that one?
1: I have not. I watched the trailer when we started talking about this, and it looks like a really fun movie. It looks right up my alley. Uh, One that I'm definitely going to have to check out.
0: Okay, so Dead Snow is a Norwegian film, and it follows a group of friends who go out to a secluded mountain cabin. And little do they know that there is loot hidden around their cabin, which draws Nazi zombies to them. And it's a really hokey premise, but it's actually really well executed. I remember thinking that it was just going to be so cheesy and just kind of so bad it's good and ended up being so good it's good. So that was a really nice surprise when I saw it. There's a lot of gore. There's a lot of really cool death scenes and a lot of humor, of course, because you're dealing with Nazi zombies. Mm -hmm. But it's a ton of fun. And part two is definitely worth a watch. It's still fun. It just wasn't as strong, I think, as the first one, but I definitely recommend it. It was on Netflix for a long time. I'm not sure if it still is or not, but if it is, definitely check that out.
1: I will. It. it like I said, the trailer looks really fun, and it uh, looks like it's the type of movie that's right up my alley, so I will be watching it at some point.
0: Yeah, I was really surprised at how well done the uh, special effects were, and again, like the zombies, they kind of became these modern iconic zombie figures because they kind of just stick with you and they kind of have this like hidden dark humor about them. And Uh so definitely cool. Okay. So the next film is Pontypool and I know we just talked about this. I know you haven't seen this one either. (laughs) Nope. So this is one I was just browsing on Netflix one night and decided to watch it, not knowing anything about it. I didn't even know it was a zombie film until like, 25 minutes in (laughs) 30 minutes in it is such a subtle film compared to other zombie films and this is a film that it seems like people either love or hate it and the reason I say that is because if you're looking for a zombie film and you're looking for a film like the one that we just discussed being like dead snow or you're looking for um, an actual like you know action zombie film this is not for you This will not make you happy. (laughs) If you're looking for a film, though, that is really intelligent and really subtle and kind of makes you use your imagination more than to go off what you're actually seeing, then this film is going to be for you. And with Pawnee Pool, it primarily just takes place inside of a, a radio station. And there's a jock working the radio station and he starts getting phone calls from people out in the town and he starts hearing as they're all going crazy. And, um, and, and we don't actually see anything that's going on with the townspeople, but we hear everything that's going on. And eventually what's going on outside gets inside of his, uh, inside of the radio station and so you start seeing it then but there's still not action compared to other types of zombie films after I saw it I was completely blown away by what I just saw it is so underrated I got online immediately I started reading everything I could about this film and it is just one that has stuck with me for years since I've seen it
1: huh yeah I watched the trailer for this one as well and it looks like the type of movie that um, is kind of a slow burn.
0: It is. Um, it is definitely a slow burn, and like I said, it makes you use your imagination a lot more than you know than just seeing what's going on. But to me, that's a lot scarier because you just have it's all up to you to kind of picture yeah, it. I'm
1: somebody that can enjoy the journey. Uh, it doesn't have to be all about the action or blood and gore for me. Like you know, most recently we talked about Darren Aronofsky's Mother that movie was very much a journey, <laughs> which I enjoyed, but so many other people didn't. Um, I think that this is probably kind of similar. Like it's just a journey rather than, uh, you know, in your face zombie stuff like you're describing it. So, um, yes. I, I think I'll enjoy it as well. I'll definitely have to add this one to my list.
0: Yeah. This, like I said, it's, it's pretty psychological. This is one that, uh, back when I used to help admin a very large social media group for horror. This is one that when it came up, you know, you either, like I said, either love it or hate it. And it was one that I really got into some debates about just because I felt like it doesn't get the love that it deserves. And so when I find someone else who really loves Pondypool, I get happy <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to sit down and talk about everything.
1: Well, I'll watch yeah. it and we'll discuss.
0: <laughs> we'll have a whole episode just on Pondypool. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> um, okay. So moving on to number eight, and this one is Planet Terror. It's a lot more in your face. <laughs> <laughs> it, it definitely does not have to leave things up to your imagination. No, <laughs> this is true. Yeah, did you see this one in theater?
1: Uh, yeah, I did. I saw the double feature with uh, this and Death Proof, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed both of those movies quite a bit.
0: Yeah, it was. Um, I I remember seeing it in theater, and I was so grateful I did because I just think that it kind of brought a whole other Grindhouse, you know, experience that they were going for. Mm-hmm. But this one, I really enjoyed a lot more than I expected it as well.
1: It's just so over the top with a lot of the stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the gun leg and the, uh, (laughs) yeah, there's just, there's so many things that happen in this movie that are just, I don't want to say tropes, but they're like over the top action tropes that Mm -hmm. sort of enhance the zombie genre a little bit. And Mm -hmm. uh, I just, I love it. It's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, same. And you mentioned the gun leg on Rose McGowan. And that, to me, is just one of the best moments that I have ever seen in theater. Um, whenever she puts it on and she just goes for it. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> yeah, so that had to make our a list. Um, I, I think sometimes it's a little forgotten about just because, you know, like you said, it was the double feature. And so I, I think it's easy to kind of put that one off in your head as a zombie film. But it's definitely one that... I mean, it was gory. It was action-packed. The dialogue was so cheesy, but so fun. It's a great one. Absolutely. Okay, so the next one is much more emotional, (laughs) especially than Planet Terror. Yeah. And that is Train to Busan.
1: It's a sad movie.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. I was not prepared. So if you know me, you know that to cry in a movie – it's just not my thing. I really hate to see a movie that makes me cry. I Unless I'm just really prepared for it, it just, it it stays with me, I guess, if a movie makes me cry. And I had no idea what I was in store for, for this. And I ended up sobbing <laughs> at the end. I waited,
1: I waited a long time to see this one. So I had already read enough about it and heard enough from friends. Um, I was a little bit more prepared going into it knowing that it was going to be a sad movie and that you know, people probably weren't going to survive it. Even knowing all that, it still kind of hit me a little bit hard, not to the point where I cried, but I mean, definitely an emotional impact. It's not
0: like other zombie movies. It stands on its own. It really does. And most zombie films highlight the fact that the humans are more of a threat than the zombies. And this one tackles that, that issue as well. And of course you throw in this adorable little girl and her connection to her father. And you know, there are some really horrible people on this train, and it shows you how fear just kind of will take over your mind and, and not let you make the right decisions in these really stressful times. And so even with, you know, the zombies, I, I thought that that all played out really well. I mean, there were so many intense moments of them getting chased. It wasn't all about the people being fearful and mean-spirited and things like that. It was also about the zombies, and I thought well, it showed, highlighted that really well.
1: It showed both sides of humanity. It showed the people that were willing to stand up and try to protect all the other passengers, and it showed all the other scumbag people that were only giving a crap about themselves and wanted to sacrifice everybody else so they could get away. I, I like that it reflected both sides of humanity as well as like the ever-present threat of the zombies, which you know they were really well done. Um, the deaths were pretty gruesome. And the uh, the intensity of the, the horde of the swarm of zombies as they kept just coming and coming and coming. It was, it was really, really good.
0: It was. And, you know, I, I think in these kind of films, there are three things that you can put in a film to just immediately start making your heart race. And those are pregnant women, children, and animals. And this one had two out of three. <laughs> yeah. So Yeah. I don't think there was any animals that we had to care about. <laughs> Not that I can recall. So if there was, then I guess three out of three, but I don't think so. Okay, so the next one on the list is an Australian horror film that I was fortunate enough. Again, it was just kind of a blind Netflix watch, and I absolutely loved it, and that was Wormwood Road of the Dead.
1: It looks incredible. Um, I've watched the trailers for the movies that I have not seen on this list, which luckily for the first time, there's only like three, but this (laughs) one looks like the most exciting to me. This is the one I want to see the most out of the three that I haven't. Um, It really Mm -hmm. sort of looks like Mad Max versus zombies, which is something that just totally appeals to me.
0: That's exactly what it reminded me of. Like I said, I, this was kind of a blind watch for me. I didn't know anything about it. And getting into the second half of the film, there were a lot of kind of Mad Max-esque type of uh, of events happening and vehicles and things like that. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. And then I started reading up about it, and a lot of people made the same references. And so I think it was definitely meant to look that way. But yeah, so basically it's kind of like, you know, other types of zombie films where they're in Australia and uh, families in Australia and the zombie outbreak happens and um, and a man is trying to save his family. Horrible things happen and the man ends up running into a group of survivors and they kind of MacGyver some vehicles and armor and weapons and things like that. And hence, you know, the Mad Max kind of uh, mechanics behind it and then it kind of takes a turn and I don't want to say it just so that if someone hasn't seen it yet because I know it's a, it's a bit underrated and then it takes a turn to where you kind of don't expect it because there's a whole other story going on and then those two storylines come together in a really really fun way um, I've heard that there was going to be a sequel for the film and the sequel after it got announced it actually turned into a television series and they just released a teaser not too long ago for the series it's going to have 10 episodes and that should be coming soon, so I will definitely check that out when it comes out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess I need to watch the movie before the TV series comes out, but uh, it sounds super fun, so I'm definitely going to do that, and then we can discuss some more.
0: <laughs> we'll add that to the Pawnee Pool episode. <laughs> it's going to be Pawnee Pool Wormwood.
1: We'll just we'll just call it the Zombie Expanded episode. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> go into more detail.
0: Perfect. <laughs> Um okay so the next one actually the next two I guess we're going to talk about are much more comedic and uh the first one is Zombie Land.
1: I love Woody Harrelson. This is one of my favorite roles I've seen him in. Mm-hmm. I love Bill Murray's cameo in this movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I'll tell you a funny little story really quick about this film. So uh for those of you who don't know I'm actually in the suburbs of Dallas, Texas and one of the cities in the suburbs of Dallas, Texas is Garland, Texas. And I am right on the edge of Garland and whenever I saw this in theater, I was actually in Garland. And so we're sitting there and the movie opens up and you know, he's at the gas station and uh, it's kind of the the voice um the voiceover and he's talking about how shitty his surroundings are and he's like, "Oh no, this is just what Garland, Texas looks like anyway." And everyone in the theater just went, <gasps> just a huge like what did he just say and of course i mean it was so funny um but it, it was it was very unexpected that he was going to make a huge diss at the town that i was seeing the film in. everybody gasped
1: but you you probably laughed
0: i did because it is what garland looks like even if they don't want to admit that <laughs> there's a reason it was referenced like that in the film so. i'm sure i'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, that was kind of funny. And even today, I cannot watch it without just dying laughing because of the audience reaction to that. But, of course, this is the film that teaches us the rules of surviving a zombie apocalypse. And, and we have Woody Harrelson in just one of my all-time favorite Woody Harrelson roles. And I love him in almost anything, but I really loved him in this film. It was just so perfect for him. Yeah, same here. And of course, you know, finding the amusement park at the end, I thought that was a really fun place to take the zombie apocalypse. And yeah, I just, I loved everything about it. And like you said, the Bill Murray cameo was priceless.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so lots of love about Zombieland. It was it was actually my first exposure to uh, Jesse Eisenberg too. And uh, after this movie, I, I like him quite a bit.
0: <laughs> so did you like him in Batman versus Superman? Uh,
1: more than most people did. Yes. <laughs>
0: You know, I'm not a fan of that film. We've talked about that. I think on the last episode even we talked about that, that you're a fan and I'm not a fan. And uh, I actually liked him in that film, though. Yeah, I did, too. Which was surprising. So I'm a fan of his. Cool. What's next? Shaun of the Dead.
1: Oh, yeah. It's so good. (laughs) It definitely deserves (laughs) to be on here. Um, It deserves to be at the top of most people's zombie list, I would say.
0: Absolutely. I mean, this is a film that everybody still quotes. It came out, I, I think, back in 2004. And people still quote it to this day. And it's just one of the best films from all of the Romero uh, references that they made to the music, to the acting, to the inside jokes. It was just
1: brilliant. Uh, yeah, I think it's most people's first exposure to Simon Pegg. Um, and of course, you know, he's gone on to have a huge career. Um, but this movie is where I fell in love with him. And I think most people did too.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, spaced was a television show that he was on. And if you watch Spaced before you saw Shaun of the Dead, there were actually several little inside jokes that carried over from the TV show. And a lot of the actors were also from the TV show. And so for those fans, it was really fun to see those kind of I, I think that a lot of the zombies were also uh, fans of spaced. They put, you know, they put out a notice, people came, they signed up to be zombies. And so it's kind of, also a big love letter to that show um, while also standing really strong as its own film. If you've never been exposed to, to that show. So
1: yeah, I, I unfortunately have never seen it, but I have seen almost everything else that Simon Pegg has done.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's on uh, Hulu, uh, I believe. And so it's a fun show, just kind of binge watch. But yeah, so I felt that was kind of cool because that TV show had a cult following. So it was kind of cool that they carried that over. And of course they went on to make hot fuzz and, world's end which of
1: the three movies is your favorite
0: this one <laughs> Shaun of the dead
1: uh i think for me hot fuzz is just slightly hot ahead of Shaun of the dead really yeah
0: i mean it's so good i i mean i could see that i guess i i think that Shaun of the dead just already had such a deep love by the time i saw hot fuzz but it is really
1: good either way they're both fantastic world's end is okay but it's not quite
0: as good as the either one of the other two It is not. Um, I kind of remember leaving the theater a little bit disappointed. I've got to be honest. Me too. It was fun. I've never wanted to rewatch it, though. Same here. Same here. It's exactly how I feel about it. Yeah, I was expecting so much more. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I like the inside jokes, and I like some of the humor. I like Simon Pegg's character. I thought that was pretty funny to have him, like, just a total bum who's, like, still pretty much living in high school. But I just didn't enjoy it as much. (laughs) Same here. So, Okay, so moving on the next one, uh, one of my all time favorite films ever. So my personal top five. And that is reanimator.
1: You've told me on many occasions, this is your favorite (laughs) horror film. So
0: I have told everybody. (laughs) If you have more than four conversations with me, and I don't talk about reanimator. I I don't know. (laughs) That's strange, then.
1: You know what's you know what's really strange is that your favorite horror movie made it on this list, but mine didn't.
0: What was yours?
1: <laughs> dead Alive.
0: Oh yeah. Well, we can totally talk about this about Dead Alive after this. That's a good addition. Okay. So okay. Um, but yeah, so Reanimator. Of course, we're introduced to Herbert West, and he just pretty much wants to play God, and so he starts bringing back the dead in really gruesome and horrific ways. And, um, you know, one of the most iconic things from the film is his bright green neon serum. And I have bright green hair. (laughs) And, uh, that was totally whenever I, I went for the bright green hair that was totally in the back of my mind that, you know, reanimator. And so, uh, it works. (laughs) Yeah. It's definitely about the same color. It um. is. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that I kind of have a a huge crush on Herbert West. Um, he is just his, like his humor is just so deadpan mm-hmm. and he's so cocky and egotistical. And then whenever he starts to unravel a little bit, he still stays very kind of um, stern and kind of sure-footed. And I just I love him. <laughs>
1: He's so. a great character. I mean, it's it's based on the Lovecraft story, and you know, Lovecraft mm-hmm. is one of my favorite writers of all time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Reanimator has to be in like almost everybody's top five list. <laughs> it's just such a great movie. There's so many great moments, like the other doctor's head talking <laughs> and the tongue scene. I mean, there's just so many great moments in this movie.
0: The scene with the with the with the decapitated head and Barbara Crampton, who is one of my favorite scream queens, is one of the most cringe worthy moments. I have ever sat through in horror, especially for a horror film that really doesn't feel that heavy throughout the entire film. And then you get to the scene where she's on a slab naked and this man is holding his decapitated head and he's going to sexually assault her with it. And you just watch that scene and it's just like, Whoa, (laughs) this is, (laughs) this is heavy shit. Like, yeah, do you get what he's doing right now? <laughs> so, I mean, that that scene just kind of, I, I remember actually seeing it as a kid. I was way too young to see that when I first saw it. And, you know, it really didn't hit me, the the severity of what was going on. But as an adult, I watch it and I'm like, holy shit, like that's serious.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a big tonal shift for the movie.
0: <laughs> Did you see the sequels?
1: I have not actually, no.
0: I think they're pretty good. Uh, same thing with one of the other films on our list, which is Return of the Living Dead, where part two and part three are actually – okay, part three of Return of the Living Dead. Uh, but the sequels are actually pretty decent, surprisingly.
1: I'll have to watch some of the reanimator sequels. I'm surprised I never have.
0: Yeah. So the next film on our list – okay, so I love this film, but there's one scene I really want to talk about, and the film is Zombie 2. And Zombie 2 is meant to be a sequel to uh, Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead was released in Italy as Zombie. And so this film was kind of set to, to be um, a sequel to that film. But it wasn't directed by Romero, right? It was not. It was actually directed by Fulci. Okay. And so um, in this film, there's a Caribbean island and voodoo takes place and people start rising from the grave and, you know, it's it's zombies. What I love about this film is the gore. I mean, the gore was so over the top and it was one of the first times that I was exposed to a certain type of gore in these films when I was younger. And I and I just kind of remember the vivid blood and just that bright blood just Oozing out whenever they shoot one of the dead bodies, and uh, that's always stuck with me. And I'm a total gorehound now, and so maybe part of that is because of this film. I could see who that. Knows? Yeah, I saw a lot of horror though, so who knows? But the scene I really want to talk about is the shark scene. Yeah. <laughs> so there is this woman, and of course she is getting completely naked, um, except for her bottoms, and which are which are like she's...
1: paper thin and see through. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: And so as she gets naked on this boat in her bottoms, um, she puts on this diving equipment and uh, she goes into the water and she's diving or scuba diving. And, uh, and so when she's down there, there's a giant tiger shark. She fights off the tiger shark only to be a- attacked by a zombie that's underwater. And then the tiger shark comes and starts attacking the zombie. And it's just this epic moment of a zombie fighting a tiger shark under the water. With a naked woman in scuba gear, uh, just swimming away. Yeah,
1: it's two different two predators letting their prey slip away as they have like a knockdown drag out underwater. I mean, the scenes the scenes intense and it's really well shot. Um, I can only wonder like how many times they had to send the actor back underwater to get the next part of that sequence because it's pretty long. It's like a whole it's a whole like a whole three minute scene of him underwater fighting the shark. I can't and imagine. And it's
0: not how, a fake shark. It's a real shark. A right. real tiger shark at that.
1: And he has no breathing apparatus of any sort. So I can only imagine how many times the actor had to go underwater and hold his breath and pretend to be dead and still and lifeless while he's going through these motions fighting this shark. Like it had to mm-hmm. take forever to actually shoot the scene.
0: Yeah, for real. And I know that the actor who was supposed to play the zombie, um, he actually got sick. And the person who took over, who's actually fighting the shark as a zombie, is the shark's trainer. And so um, that was probably a good thing. (laughs) The shark is actually, you know, with this trainer. Probably so. I didn't know you could even train tiger sharks. But yeah, that's actually a really good point. I haven't read a whole lot about the behind the scenes of this scene, but that would definitely be something that uh, we should look into. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. So the next one is our last zombie film. We have a little extra thing that we're going to talk about after this film. Oh, and then you can talk about Dead Alive of course. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm not going to forget about that. But Return of the Living Dead. It's a classic. <laughs> and, you know, this was the film that changed zombies and pop culture, period. Because this was the film that introduced us to zombies wanting to eat brains. And I don't think a lot of people realize that that this was the film that did that. And, of course, you know, now we – that's kind of a whole running gag of, you know, brains and, and zombies love to eat brains. And this is where it came from.
1: Well, yeah, they made it pretty in-your-face in this movie. I mean when the first zombie gets, comes out of that barrel and he's just like brains and he's walking around, it's pretty great.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then to explain, you know, that they love to eat brains because it helps, you know, ease their pain somehow that they're feeling as zombies – um, there's a lot of humor in this film, but there's also a lot of parts that are more emotional. Mm-hmm. Especially the ending, you know, they they all die. <laughs> Nobody makes it out here.
1: Yeah. So
0: I mean somehow it still goes on. I think there's five Return of the Living Dead films now.
1: But yeah. But I mean really, that's you know, if you're in a zombie apocalypse and it's contained to a small town and you know, the the police and military or whatever can't continue to contain it forever, like wiping out the population is really the only like smart thing that a, a government agency can do. And I'm surprised that doesn't happen more often in these sorts of movies.
0: That a bomb is just dropped <laughs> yeah.
1: because I mean, they never succeed at completely containing them. And then all it takes is one getting out to start an epidemic that eventually overthrows the world. I mean, that's the basis of every zombie movie.
0: Yeah. And of course this one, uh, just like zombie two, this one was also set up to be a sequel to Nine of the living dead as well. But yeah, so Romero kind of took the Night of Living Dead series in a much more uh, serious tone where they took this series in a much more comedic tone. Yeah, definitely. So Romero, man, that's why we're going to do a whole episode just on Romero. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about, about there. Yeah. There's so much to talk about. When I started writing this list down and I was going to include Romero, I think I got five or six slots in and it was all Romero. <laughs> and I was like <laughs> – Okay, well, maybe we should just separate this a little bit, and
1: that would be why. Yeah, it's not a bad idea.
0: So, Justin, do you have anything you'd like to add?
1: <laughs> well, I'd like to talk about Brain Dead, because it's, uh, it's a very unique zombie movie. I don't even know where to really begin. It's, it's so different. I mean, the zombies look different. There's the mother who transforms into like this weird Play-Doh-looking thing. Um, there's a baby that turns into a zombie. I think that's the first time we ever see that happen, and mm-hmm. chews its way out of its mother's stomach. There's the most iconic scene from *Brain Dead*, which is the lawnmower scene, uh, where he revs up the lawnmower and just walks through the room full of zombies, just shredding people. And uh, the extended version of the movie is so amazing because it's just so freaking bloody.
0: Um, I've never seen the extended.
1: Oh, it's you got. You should watch it. It's a very, very long lawnmower scene.
0: <laughs> so, how many people do you think that are familiar with Peter Jackson today? Would be shocked if they saw this as a Peter Jackson film.
1: Oh, I think they would—they would lose their minds. Like, I don't <laughs> think people would even think it's the same director. Uh, it's, no. <laughs> it's very different from the large-spanning epics of Lord of the Rings or something like that. I mean, he's—you know—this is his origins. This is his indie horror film stuff, and it's—it's it's so good. But I think at one point, Brain Dead or Dead Alive, depending on where you live, was considered the most bloody horror movie ever made. I think that title was taken from it by Freddy vs. Jason, and then it's been lost again to something else. Uh, but i remember freddy
0: versus jason
1: yeah as, as far as like really? gallons of blood used in the movie freddy versus jason had the title for a while i think they've lost it since then but initially it was it was brain dead or dead alive that had the title
0: i, I guess i just never really thought about freddy vs. jason as being really gory but you know i really didn't like that film at all but that surprises me
1: yeah, it, it surprised me too. And I only really knew about that because I was reading about Braindead one day and I saw that the title had been lost <laughs> to Freddy vs. Wow. Jason. And that kind of shocked me. But yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I'm glad that you mentioned it because that is definitely one that deserves to be on the list. And I'm I'm ashamed to say that I left it off. So yeah, it's, great it, addition. It's my favorite horror movie. If you've never seen it,
1: you need to watch it. I mean, the my other favorite scene in the movie. I know I'm kind of just going off on it, but the priest, (laughs) the priest who, uh, who's fighting the zombies and he's like, I
0: kick ass for the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) I love that guy. (laughs) Well, yeah. Thank you for adding that. Um, it, like I said, it deserved to be on the list. Uh, so the next films that we're going to talk about just briefly, we didn't add them to the list because these are two films that people will debate on whether or not they are zombie films. So I thought that we could just mention them because we are big fans of these films and that is 28 Days and 28 Weeks Later.
1: I consider them zombie movies and I actually put 28 Days Later right beneath Dead Alive as far as my like zombie horror list goes. Um, it's, it's so good. But I mean, I can see why the people don't consider it a zombie movie.
0: Right, because they don't die; they they just kind of transform into like this infected, and they're they're just ravenous and um, they're rage monsters and, and really fast. Yeah. <laughs> yes, like a rage virus. Yeah, and I actually love Twenty Eight Weeks Later a little bit more than I love Twenty Eight Days Later, but I, I love both films. And yeah, so I was going to list them, then I was like, well, some people don't really consider them zombie films, so we'll just discuss. I guess technically they're not zombie films, but there's I don't a, know. You know what? I'm going to put that up for debate I think on our social media pages and see what people think.
1: There's enough similarity between the the storyline and the way things happen and, you know, they want to eat people. So I mean, it's there's enough similarity that you can consider it a zombie movie in my opinion, but I can understand again why people don't. Another movie that we considered putting on the list that has the similar sort of problem is Cooties.
0: Yes. <laughs> um Yes, because I actually added Cooties, and then you sent me a message saying, "Wait a minute, how come we can have Cooties and not 28 days later?" And I'm like, "Shit!" <laughs> so Cooties came back on off, off the list. So um, definitely, I, I can see both sides to that, though. And,
1: and Cooties is super fun if you've never seen it. Uh, I'd recommend that it's... one pretty highly if you're looking for a fun horror movie.
0: But if you like to eat chicken nuggets, just don't because you will not ever want to eat a chicken nugget again. That's probably
1: true. It is like one of the grossest. Like, I mean, we, Ugh. we, we watch some horrible stuff. I mean, we watch people die, get decapitated, brains get Ugh. crushed. But I mean, that chicken nugget scene where the girl bites into it is probably the grossest thing I've seen in a long
0: time. <laughs> I mean, it really, I, I watch some really gory and, um, just kind of disturbing movies sometimes. And I wanted to like kind of throw up a little bit, like it, it made me nauseous, yeah. and um, and I was responding back to someone on Twitter when we were talking about the film, and we had mentioned Chicken Nuggets. And so I found a gif of the Chicken Nugget scene and sent it. and I and I just kind of <laughs> I was like, oh, oh God, I can't even see a gif of this. Like it still impacts me. And I have seen the movie since I saw the screener in theater. And I have to fast forward (laughs) through the chicken nugget scene. I just can't sit
1: through it. It's pretty. I mean, there's a lot of other gross stuff that happens in that movie even, but nothing's as bad as the chicken nugget scene.
0: It's really not. (laughs) Okay. So moving on to one of our next segments, and that is hypothetical question of the week. And it is my turn to ask the hypothetical question. So, Justin. Yes. (laughs) In a scenario... (laughs) In a scenario like the ring, but for zombies, if you were infected and the only way for you to lose the infection before you died, let's say in seven days, was to bite somebody else and give them the infection, would you bite somebody else or would you just let it die with you?
1: That actually sounds way more like the it follows scenario than uh, than the ring.
0: That is true. I mean, we can turn this <laughs> into a sex question if we need to. <laughs>
1: But, yeah, I would have no problem biting somebody. I would I would absolutely bite somebody to save myself. Yeah.
0: So, okay. So, how would you figure out – I mean, because everybody would say, oh, well, I would go find, you know, someone off the sex offenders list or I would go find someone who did no. this horrible thing. But no, how I, would you find someone? I would just bite my friend Andy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's – Okay, so. He's accessible, you know. He'll spread it around to people, or, or you know, he'll pass it on very quickly. I know he'll be okay, so I'm not too worried about it.
0: He's a selfish bastard. Yeah. He'll get rid of it. <laughs> he will. He will. So, do you think you would struggle with it though? Okay, so let's say Andy is on vacation, <laughs> and and you have to bite someone who is not as selfish. Perhaps would you struggle with it?
1: No, not at all. I mean, really? Well,
0: and you, I'm your friend. <laughs> you're, you're only. You're only. You're only
1: infecting one person, and it sounds like they have the same option that you have, right? If you bite them, they can bite somebody else and pass it on uh, to avoid actually becoming you know the infected one. yeah, of course I would, and I would just tell them to pass it on too, and then you know just keep going elsewhere
0: I got you. i I think that I would still struggle because you know before I make any decisions, even small decisions, I overthink the fuck out of everything <laughs> this is true and- I
1: know you, this is true. <laughs>
0: everything. It's so annoying. I mean, even like, what am I going to eat for dinner? I mean, it's, it's just, I can't get out of my own head sometimes. And so I think that I would play through all the scenarios of, okay, but what if I bite somebody and then they struggle with it and they don't bite someone else? Or, you know, what if, what if, what if, what if, Um, what if they do it to a kid and the kid doesn't know to bite someone else? Like all of these things would go through my head. And so, I would struggle with it a lot. But then again, I really don't want to die. I mean, the only
1: part I would struggle with is like actually having to bite somebody else. Like I don't want to put my mouth on somebody else. So that's the part I would struggle
0: with. Maybe (laughs) I would just bite you. And then I know that you wouldn't have a problem getting rid of it. Just like you would be – it's just kind of in the same uh, situation as Andy. Yeah.
1: I'd I'd fulfill that role. That's easy. I'll pass it along. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, I would struggle with it though. I would admit I, I would just have so many things go through my head before I could make that decision. But I think eventually I would do it. Yeah. So yeah, I think most people uh, would, if they, if they
1: knew what was going on, the part that would suck is that it's like a game of telephone. So you keep passing the story along to whoever you bite and saying, you have to bite somebody else to pass this on. But eventually that story would get twisted and corrupted or not even go along with the bite. And then, you know, that's when the zombie apocalypse starts. <laughs>
0: I mean, so you were saying that the worst part for you would be actually having to put your mouth on somebody else and bite somebody else. Yeah. So does that mean that if you're in It Follows, then you would just die? Because, I mean, that goes a lot <laughs> further than just biting somebody. <laughs> um. Yeah, I would probably die
1: <laughs> if I was in It Follows.
0: Death before sex.
1: <laughs> I mean, it, like, I'm not. I'm not big on physical contact in the first place. <laughs> but, I mean you know yeah i'd probably just get taken out <laughs>
0: <laughs> because andy just isn't is not i am not going to have be se- your I'm,
1: person. I'm not going to have sex with andy like <laughs> i don't care if i'm going to die or what that's not going to happen sorry andy <laughs> yeah he'll never okay. ful- he'll never fulfill his dreams
0: <laughs> okay so um, that is our hypothetical question of the week and sorry to anybody out there we offended <laughs> moving on like andy, andy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we need to have him on the show one day it's just so people know what, what we're talking about here when we mention Andy. Yeah, I didn't expect um, for him to
1: become our inside joke, but we'll see what happens. <laughs>
0: <yeah>. <laughs> okay, so moving on to our last segment, and that is HDL Recommends. And this is where we recommend something that we love so that hopefully you go and check it out. Okay, Justin, what is your recommendation for the week? Uh,
1: my recommendation is a Kickstarter from my friend Devin's comic, Silence. Uh, it's the story of these, like, four girls who live in this small town, and one of the girls' father goes missing, and they have to travel to this foreign land to try to save him, and uh, the the book is filled with a lot of, like, music and and musical references, and it uses instrumentality and music in very interesting ways, which is something that you don't really see a lot of in comics. I don't want to give too much away about the story, but it's it's very fascinating, and uh, it's really well-written. I love the art. The entire thing's been put together by my friend Devin Kraft. Um, all you have to do is go to Kickstarter and do a search for Silence and uh, check it out. Right now, he has the graphic novel available um, as a collection of the first three issues, but I believe you can get the single issues as well if you'd prefer to do it that way. So uh, definitely go check that out and uh, support him if you can. It's a great story,
0: and I think a lot of people would really enjoy it. You always bring a lot of projects to the table that really deserve some exposure, and so a lot of really good indie projects. And uh, this sounds like one of those. Yeah, it definitely is. Well, cool. Well, my recommendation of the week is a convention that's actually taking place this weekend. Unfortunately, it's not one that I'm able to attend, but I do have friends and colleagues who will be there. But it is called DreamHack, and it takes place in Denver, Colorado. DreamHack is the world's largest digital gaming festival, and this weekend they're going to have um, land party. They're going to have esports competitions, a big expo hall, live music, um, cosplay. It's just going to be a really great weekend if you're into gaming and so as i said that takes place this weekend in denver and you can still pick up tickets. I believe at the door per day, they're only $20. Of course, if you want to get into some of the land parties and competitive events going on, it's a bit more than that. And they even have a sleeping hall. So for 20 bucks, you can bring your sleeping bag, unroll it and sleep right there in the sleeping hall. So, but it's going to be a really good time and uh, a big gaming party. So if you're near or around Denver and want to check that out, I definitely recommend it. Sounds fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so that wraps up our eighth episode of the Horror Geek Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And, of course, we'll be back next week bringing you more horror, geek, and gaming. For more information about our podcast, check out horrorgeeklife.com and click on the podcast link. Uh, We're also available on iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review and subscribe. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Horror Geek Life. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter under Horror Geek Mill.
1: And you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram as at ComicalJC.
0: Awesome, and we'll be back next week. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>